Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Rachel Myers, and my other host, Amanda Bible Williams, is not with us today, but I am instead joined by Jessica Lamb, the managing editor at She Reads Truth, and our good friend, Scarlett Hiltabidal. I pronounced that correctly, I think, an author, a mother, a local friend of ours, and somebody who really likes to talk promises of God. I'm so excited for you guys to enjoy this episode as much as I did. Let's get right to it. This is our first episode that we've recorded in person since Sally and Andrew. Wow. I mean, we've been like remote Zoom recording, which is not my favorite. It's gone well, but I don't like not being able to like, I don't know, in person makes a difference. If there's one thing we've learned in this quarantine, in person makes a difference. But we are all in our safe social distance, six feet apart. It feels like I'm further away from you guys. Like I'm like taking better care of myself than of you guys <laughs> right now. But we are socially distanced and so happy to have Scarlett. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to pronounce Nobody your last can do name. It. Just try Hiltibidal. No, it's Hilt- okay though. Hiltibidal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Second try is very impressive. That's great. And Jessica Lamb. A simpler name. I wish but... my last name was Lamb. <laughs> I mean, I married into it. That's yeah. not why we got married, but it's a perk. I was going to ask you your maiden name, but I don't know if that's like a security issue. (laughs) It's not a security issue. Well, my most recent maiden name (laughs) was Wessel, when my adoptive dad adopted me. So it's simpler than Hiltabidal. That is easier. Hiltabidal. I got it. (laughs) I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Anyway, um, so we are socially distanced and recording a podcast and it feels so good to see human faces that are not my offspring and my husband. I love them. But like, it feels like cold water to a thirsty soul, like to see people. It's really nice to see you guys. Yeah. I'll say what I said before we turned to the mics on, which is I was literally tearing up driving over here. Like I'm going to see, I didn't realize how much I missed human faces mm-hmm. <laughs> being kind of semi close to me. And just to see people in person and say, how are you? How's your family? And not Slack it or text it or Marco Polo it or whatever. Or zoom it. Zoom it. Mm. Sounds nice, but it's just, it's wonderful. But even like as y'all walk, I mean, y'all came through my backyard into my basement and like the not greeting with a hug or any touch, it's just strange. It's It's just strange. But will you tell our listeners, Scarlett, what you texted me (laughs) this morning about your makeup? Oh yeah, that (laughs) I was afraid I accidentally, so I put on makeup like six times today because I'm like, I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm going people. somewhere. So I'm afraid I put on like prom level makeup by accident. And it was too late. By the time I noticed, I was like at a stoplight. And I'm like, I have like 10 coats of mascara on to go see Rachel and Jessica. But there's nothing we can do about it there's now. nothing so. we can do about it now. Hey, you know, I just kept reapplying. I don't know what to do. What's acceptable? What is too much? What is too small? I've been saving so much makeup. I know. I mean, I haven't had to replenish anything. But what is a quarantine or social distanced makeup look? I don't know. I think the rules are out. Well, the the good thing is that we're so far apart that like there's more grace. Yeah. Like this is your chance to try like a wing on your eyeliner. Because <laughs> I can't really tell if it was good or not. Agreed. Good. Yeah. This is my first time wearing makeup since Easter. So the two special occasions are podcast recording and Easter that are worthy of that extra effort. And the hilarity here is like, this is radio. Like (laughs) (laughs) there's no makeup necessary, but here we are. It's just nice to see people. It's good. 
So we are this week in the second week of our Promises of God study. Jessica, you were a huge part of working on the study. In fact, last week, John and Amanda and I talked about the push and pull and tug of war Mm -hmm. and sandwich board wearing that I did in the office trying to get this plan to come to fruition. And even talked a little bit about how you were one of the more hesitant parties in the office to just strictly from the perspective of wanting to rightly handle the word of truth and just going like, wow, this is a touchier subject than you may think. There's a reason this doesn't exist. Speak to that. No. So growing up, my mom gave me this book that was a little fake leather bound book that was called The Promises of God or something like that. And it was just page after page after page after page of promises that with no context, no explanation, no statements about where they were from or who they were to. And I love that little book. But I remember, you know, they were in categories like promises for grief, promises for this. And it felt a little like choose your own adventure. You know, what is it that you want from God? What is it that you need? Find that page in this little book and we'll have a promise for you. Don't you worry. And so, yeah, I was hesitant because I just wanted to give people true promises and not give people something that wouldn't hold water, you know? Right. You didn't want to just dole out promises without making sure for ourselves, like as an organization at Sherry's Truth, but even like as individuals who bear the individual responsibility of rightly handling the word of truth, we didn't want to just be like, don't worry, because Jeremiah 29, 11, it covers you, which it turns out it does, but it does. we needed to get there. Mm-hmm. We needed to get there. And even John shared last week, like he needed to get there. Mm-hmm. And for him to get to the point where he said, if the word of God is true, and if the word of God tells me that every one of God's promises is yes in Christ, then I have to believe that is true. And like, if that, then what? Mm-hmm. And so then we go back to these covenant promises and we look ahead this week into these promises spoken by the mouth of Christ. It matters to us that we know that not just these Jesus promises saying, I promise this to you, but the covenant promises are yes in Christ and they are for us. And so it did take us a while to get around to it. I'm so excited about this week because this is like such a sweet week. We're covering five promises of many. And the idea, of course, of this study is not to cover all the promises in Scripture, but to kind of look at these categories of promises. Last week, we looked at the Old Testament promises. And this week, we're looking at promises spoken by Jesus. And then next week, we'll look at kingdom promises. So things that aren't necessarily in the Gospels, but are true for believers. Anyway, I'm excited about this week because this is the like Jesus week. It's great. (laughs) I'm so excited you asked me to come this. I was just telling you, like, I'm so excited. This is what I love talking about the most because such a huge part of my testimony is I would do what your little fake leather book did, Jessica, Mm -hmm. and I would just pull Bible verses out. And as a Christian, I mean, I talk about anxiety all the time. That's like the thing I talk about because it's the battle that I fight all the time. But I think the biggest part of my spiritual anxiety was because I was not looking for God in his word to, you know, talk to him and hear from him and learn about him, but also know like this book is alive, it's living and active, and Jesus is in this book and his spirit speaks to me through it. I was just pulling out the verse for this and pulling out the verse for that. And so I always worried like, oh, you know, am I doing it right? Am I really God's? Am I a good enough Christian? But when you actually look at the whole Bible and study it the way y'all do, which is why I love you so much, 
that's where you can find the peace and joy. And so when I found out it was Jesus week, I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> we <laughs> love that guy. It's Jesus week. We love him. <laughs> so here, another reason specifically that I wanted Scarlett to join us for this week. So Scarlett is just this like kindred sister because this girl, she gets it. Like mm-hmm. she gets what it means to count on the word of God and not this truth adjacent stuff that is so tempting to believe. Scarlett, I was listening this morning, actually re-listening to chapter two of your book, Afraid of All the Things, because it is my favorite chapter. And I wanted to like, it was my favorite chapter the minute I heard it, but I wanted to rehear it because like your words in there are so good. Do you know what chapter I'm talking about? Something about airplanes. It's rings. about the airplanes rings. With the lies, holding God's word up to the lies. So here's what happened. Scarlett flew on a lot of airplanes as a kid, a lot of them. And it was cool and fun. And she was an airplane star until she found out the airplanes crashed. And then she was just horrified of going on airplanes. And it was really scary. Right. Do you want to tell this story? Well, you have read it more recently than I have thought about <laughs> it. <so you> can. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what happened cute little Scarlet afraid on an airplane and the stewardess tells her oh you don't actually have to worry about that because airplanes have springs on the bottom of them and so if they ever go out of the air they have springs and so they bounce right back up into the air and like you had this peace about going on airplanes for a long time after that because of an untrue thing that someone told you and the words that you said were you said sometimes believing lies just feels better And I feel like it's so relevant to what we're going to talk about today because we say those things to each other. We say it's going to be okay, even when we don't know it's going to be okay. And the thing that you said in that chapter, y'all have to read this book. The thing that you said in that chapter, though, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, was that the truth that you wish that they had told you was even better than the lie that they told you to make you feel better. That lie lasted you and it got you through a lot of airplane rides. But what you missed out on was the truth that was even better than airplanes have springs. Like the truth is God, like he's always with you and he's always in control. And all of these things, I came that you can have peace. We're going to talk so much about peace today. There are so many better things. I'm telling your own story. Scarlett, shut me (laughs) up. No, the cool thing about, so now that I'm remembering my life, thank you. (laughs) Um, The coolest thing now I remember I had this full circle moment. I think I put this in chapter two. It's somewhere in there where I was trying to talk my oldest daughter down from being afraid of airplanes. Do you remember this? Oh, it's yeah, in there yeah, somewhere. Yeah. We were going to fly to China to adopt our middle daughter and I'm working on it, but I'm not great with my filter. <laughs> and I was talking to my husband, joking about like, okay, would we rather crash over when we fly to China? Would we rather crash over the North Pole or like get shot out of the sky when we're flying over Russia? And then I might have said some details about a Netflix show where faces were melting because an airplane was crashing oh and God. I like flicked it off right away because I don't like scary things. And then my then five-year-old like appears out of thin air. And so she looked at me and she, it was so weird because I remembered that being the little girl on the airplane and wanting to not be afraid. And she was like, mommy, cause we were going to bring them. We did bring them to China, my two biological girls. And Ever's like, mommy, I don't want to go to China anymore. I don't want to get on an airplane. <laughs> that like, sounds awful. Yeah. And so I had to like decide, am I going to tell her the truth right now? And I did. And it was so funny because it was like, I didn't even believe as I was saying God's true promises that Jesus loves us. He forgives our sins. He is God. Because of him, we have access to God. Because of him, we have a hope and a future. He's in control. It doesn't matter if we're on a plane or in our bed or what we're doing. If he wants us to be alive, we're going to be alive. If he wants us to be with him, we're going to go be with him. So I'm saying all these 
Bible truths and thinking this is not going to work <laughs> because I'm like, and then I like went too far when I was like, it doesn't matter where we are. You know, there was a guy who fell into a sinkhole while he was in his bed and I'm saying this thing and I'm like, too far, too far, but I can't take stop, it back. Stop, stop, stop. But listen, you guys, it worked. And it was such a faith building thing to me to see her little face, just, you know, childlike faith. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay, mommy. I'll, okay. I'm ready to go to China. And it was so cool. Like one, his word doesn't return void. Right. Jesus is in those words. It is true. It is our hope. It's real. If it's true for you, it's true for her too. Kids believe it. And I was just like, man, it is. It's the real true promises are so much better. And those lies can feel good for a little while. But even when I believed that airplane lie, I was not a peaceful child. Right. It's not like it took away all my fear and I was suddenly peaceful. It was like that one little category of thing I could temporarily. Right. Anyway, so yeah. Here's the thing. There is on day 11. So it'll be, I think, Thursday of this week. That promise that feels like maybe the hardest promise in the book is also the most peace-giving promise of all of them to me. Like it sits right with you and ever in that conversation too, that in this world, you will have trouble. And like that, that promise is from Jesus. And it's not like you might, or you may, or you could, but you will. None of us are exempt from that. So whether you fall out of the sky or your face melts off or... (laughs) (laughs) Or something really hard happens to you, for example, maybe a worldwide pandemic and you are separated from the people you love and other human beings for weeks and weeks and weeks and years at a time. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And Jesus says that not post-crucifixion, not post-resurrection. He says that pre all of that with confidence as if it has already taken place because it has, because eternity is his. But he has that much confidence, like I've overcome the world. So when you talk to Ever or when I talk to my kids or Jessica, when you talk to yours or ourselves, (laughs) that's the comfort. It is not airplanes with springs on the bottom of them. The comfort is I have overcome the world. I wrote down that day's reading I feel the same way. It's such a powerful truth that feels hard at first, but is actually a comfort. I wrote down Proverbs 27, 6, that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. This idea that you think about your life and the people that you trust the most are the people who aren't afraid to tell you the truth. And you just think about, you know, what is actual love? What is actual friendship? And it's that honesty. It's that honesty to say, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that no hard thing will ever come up in your life, that there will be no troubles, no sickness, no death, because in fact, those things will come for all of us in different ways. And, you know, I love your story about being honest with ever, because I think about the story of, you know, the wise man and the foolish man and where you build your house and where you build your faith. And as a person who loves games, I often think about the game Jenga you know, where you take turns building this tower and then taking it apart. And I think, man, if the truths that you have built your faith on are, oh, well, I'm pretty good. So my life will always be good. I lay that brick down. Oh, well, God loves me. So I won't ever suffer another brick down. And you build your tower on those things. And then you get older and you experience a pandemic or loss or a job loss or any of these things that are so common that we all experience in different ways. And you start pulling out those blocks, the whole tower of your faith can shatter versus if you come back to what Jesus actually says, he tells you, I'm not going to promise you that it will be painless. There will be hard things and we can trust him. And if we build our faith, you know, build that tower, those blocks don't fall when hard things happen. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, I y'all listening will notice that Amanda is not here mm-hmm. today. And that is another story for another day. But many of you also know that she is walking through a really serious sickness with her five-year-old boy. We've shared that here. On Easter Sunday morning, I drove her to the hospital to be there as quickly as we could. And before she got out of the car, we sat in the car, not socially distanced. And I said, we have to pray before she got out. And I wanted so badly to give her false promises in that car. I wanted to sit next to her and say, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine. And I had no idea. And so we just sat in the car and we named everything we knew to be true. And we just sat there and I would say, Christ has overcome the world. Do you believe this is true? And I would make her say it. Mm. And I would say, I will forgive your sins. Do you believe this is true? I like eternity is written in our hearts. Do you believe this is true? And we went through the promises as shakily as we could, because it's hard to think in a moment like that. But I made her say yes. And she said, I mean, obviously she believed it was true, (laughs) but there was nothing else to do. I didn't have any airplane springs to offer her in that moment. And we just had to declare what we knew was true, even in the moment of like the most uncertainty of our lives. And maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's too much of a raw moment to share, but that's where we were. And that's where we are. And thanks be to God, we're still here. And Toby is too. And we're so thankful But this is, I mean, I feel like we could spend the entire episode just talking about why it matters that we pay attention to this and that we train our ears to this, our eyes to this as we're reading scripture. Let's talk about some of these days this week. Like, do you guys want to go? It's one of those like fun guest choice deals where like y'all have a day that you want to talk about or should we go through the week? What do you think? I'm thinking and scrolling my digital version. Okay, here's what I'll say. I just asked what you wanted and then I'm just going to (laughs) say So actually today's reading, the Monday reading, which is day eight, I wrestled with this one. I didn't understand it right at first because the promise was I will forgive your sins. And story number one is the paralytic man who is brought to Jesus by his friends. And it said, because of their faith, you know, he, I'll read it. It said in Mark chapter two, verse five, seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And it's a fascinating story on a number of levels. Number one, what great friends to have who will rush you to Jesus. Amen. Number two, Jesus, instead of healing his body, healed his greater illness, which was his sin. But number three, and the thing that fascinated me was nobody said, Jesus, forgive me. But he's seeing their faith, he forgave them. And it was a little jarring to me this morning as I was reading this again, thinking how little... Jesus' forgiveness has to do with me. Mm. And then even like the next story on this day, Luke chapter 7, this woman is anointing Jesus with oil. But he's talking about this woman to the Pharisee who is just totally put off by this woman who has no business being in the house, much less touching Jesus. And he's saying, hey, the people who have been forgiven much are the people who are the most grateful. Watch this woman act in gratitude towards me and act in faith. And then in Luke chapter 7, verse 47, it says, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Again, it's this moment where Jesus is forgiving them because of their faith, not even because they're going like, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating to me. I don't know. Like, Jessica, I got to hear what you think because... I slacked John this morning and I was like, what's happening here? These people aren't asking for forgiveness, but Jesus is curing their sin before he cures their illnesses. And it's not because they're asking for forgiveness, but 
they're just demonstrating faith. They're demonstrating that they believe. Yes. I think that something that's really interesting that I think a lot of believers have experienced is oftentimes, you know, when you're young, there's a prayer you pray or a decision you make or something that happens where you think, okay, here's when I, you know, started to follow Jesus. But then I think for many believers, and hopefully this is true of us as long as we live, the longer you follow Jesus, the more and more you realize, oh, now I see this part of it. Oh, now I see this part of it. Five years pass. Oh, now I understand even more that we continue to learn more and more about who he is and what it means to be forgiven and what it means to belong to him and what it means to follow him, that hopefully all of our lives, we continue learning that more and more. And I think what I see in this, that sort of what you're speaking to, Rachel, is that I think there was a time in my life where I lived in fear of, did I say the exact right magic words to belong to Jesus? Yep. Did I get it exactly right? Oh, oh no, that, that phrase was, wasn't correct. Let me try again. Or even have I named every sin individually? Have I done a good job of covering all the bases? Which there's something to that. Like, I don't want to speak about that dismissively because there is so much important about confession and about asking God to show us our sin. But Jessica, what you're saying is that it's not about the way that we say it. Mm -hmm. About nailing it exactly right. Because Mm -hmm. I think that we would always be, especially as an editor and a person who loves to write, and I think everyone in this room, Mm Oh, there's always a slightly better way I could have said that to Jesus. I could have expressed what it meant to follow him and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be forgiven a little bit better. And we could always be improving that. But I think what you see here is what's just true of God and what's so beautiful is that he sees your heart. He sees your faith. who you are. He sees your faith. And, and I think that's even, beautiful and encouraging. Even like Jesus' forgiveness isn't dependent on the elegance or exactness of my confession. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <sighs> yeah. Like what rest in that? Yeah. I mean, what I wrote down in the notes was what you first brought up, which is like, he says your sins are forgiven when nobody said anything. And I thought about my own life and just, I mean, I don't want to say every time, maybe it's just something God has been doing in this season of my life, but it's like, I come to God with these problems that are not minor. Some of them are big, but he always zooms me out (laughs) to the big stuff, to the important stuff. It's like, you know, Colossians three, two, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Like that's the thing that I try to just drill into my brain because the things of this world grow strangely dim. Like it's really, really true. Mm-hmm. When we remember who God is, everything else falls away. So if it's a relational conflict that is really, really painful and hard, that's not a small thing. Like we're called to love others with the love that's been poured into us through Christ. Yeah. It's like I go to God's word looking for an answer to a specific problem in my life. And almost always he answers by making me zoom out from that little problem. And then I find peace in who he is and how great he is. And I'm led to worship rather than obsessing over this problem that is so real and painful, but it's like in light of the cross, it is dim. And I love that about this. He's getting to the root. Like you said, he's getting to the real thing. Like, sure, I can heal your body, but also Mm -hmm. I'm God and you can know me Mm -hmm. and be with me forever, you know? Yeah. I mean, even as we get later into this week where there's this promise of eternity, like abundant life and eternal life, that's what he's giving. He's saying like, okay, yeah, you can walk in this life, but you can also live in the life to come. Like, that's what I want to give you. Whenever I say stuff like this, it makes me feel like I'm plugging She Reads Truth. And I'm not meaning to, but I love what we do when we pull in these correlating passages because scripture really does on its own interpret scripture. And on this day, there is the very last reading is from Ephesians chapter 1. And it feels like such a beautiful summary of this promise. I will forgive your sins because it says, I'm going to read it. 
In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the richness of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. I tripped on that again. Like this morning I read that and I thought with all understanding, like all understanding of who I am. And he poured out his blood for me, richly poured out on us this grace with all wisdom and understanding specifically. I don't know. I just felt really seen. Like when you're just going like, you know, Scarlett, where you're saying, here's this little thing. And he reminds me of this big thing. Like he died for us and he poured out his grace on us. Not just for the big thing, though, for the little thing, too. And it's good, like, on both sides of that to remember that he has full understanding of who we are and he forgives our sins. Yeah. And we can rest in that every day, not just someday. And that's another thing that it took me so many years into my Christian life to realize, like, you know, I can experience a relationship with him today. It's not just the looking forward to someday I'll have peace and someday you know, he forgave me. Yeah, he knows what I'm going to do in 10 years. That's bad. But, you know, but just embracing that today and saying, I can talk to him, I can pray. And he opens up time and space and then things happen and you get to see these personal things and it's just the best. And then you're like, oh, okay, this huge problem is not so huge anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, that remembering that it lets you reset. I don't know if either of you have this struggle, but I know for me, you know, I'll start off the day and I'll think, I'm going to nail it today. I read my Bible, <laughs> prayed, you know, drank water, whatever, all the rules I set for myself of what an ideal start to the day is. <laughs> and then, you know, it's 7.15 and I've already lost my temper with my kid or not been as kind to my husband as I wanted to or, you know, gossiped about something or, you know, insert all the things that I wish I wouldn't do. And I think it's really easy for me to say like, well, today's gone. Like today's <laughs> done. I already failed. already have made all these mistakes. And I think the beautiful thing about this promise is remembering no, his blood means that I'm not these worst things. I am who I am in Christ. So I can start over again today. I can remember who I truly am. I can know, okay, I'm forgiven for this. There's opportunity. There's growth. There's the spirit working in me to make me more like Jesus as I follow after him. I don't have to be stuck in this series of mistakes I already made as soon as my day began. I can take a breath, pray, ask for forgiveness to my family, whomever, <laughs> and keep moving forward. That We can continue to move in that direction after him because we know we're forgiven. Hey friends, Rachel here. Are you searching for the perfect gift for Mother's Day? If so, make sure you check out one of our podcast sponsors, Skylight Frames. If you don't know, Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame that you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. You already know Amanda and I are big fans of Skylight Frames, but today I wanted you to know just how easy Skylight is to set up and use. If you have a not-so-tech-savvy parent, no need to stress, it sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. Just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. Plus, sending photos to Skylight is just as simple. Everyone in your family can just email photos to your loved one's Skylight, and they'll pop up in their home in a matter of seconds. As a special Mother's Day offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com truth and enter the code truth. That's right. Save $10 by going to skylightframe.com truth and enter the code truth. Again, that's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash truth. All right, back to the show. The language that he uses in that story where the woman... She's described as a woman in town who was a sinner. 
But the language that he uses in Luke chapter 7 is in verse 50. It says, and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's not just your faith has saved you, but there's that follow-up. Go in peace. And like, that's what you're saying, Jessica. Like, repentance, like, let it flow. And then go in peace and know, like, rest in the assurance that you've been forgiven. We, in our Lent series, ended every episode with a confession of sin and an assurance of pardon. We do that every Sunday at our church. But, I mean, that's what Ephesians 1 was. It was this assurance of pardon. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, with full understanding, full wisdom, and we go in peace. Mm -hmm. And so when we go to, like, day nine, technically, which will be tomorrow— this next promise from Jesus is, I will give you peace and rest. This is the day that I have marked up most in my book. Yes. I'm so excited about talking okay, about talk peace to and rest. Ooh, okay. One of the things that I think is so great about these promises is they are not, okay, pick from door number one, two, or three, and you get that promise. Yeah. You get all of them. And I love how they layer on one another. So, you know, when you're thinking about you will have suffering, it's also paired with you will have peace and rest. These are not things that are separate. They complement one another and they work together and they are all true at the same time. I find that very encouraging. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But I was thinking about this reading from John 20 today in our circumstances, our socially distanced circumstances, where it's talking about after Jesus has been crucified. And it says, when it was evening of the first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. I was so moved by that because in this story, Jesus appears to them in the midst of their fear, in the midst of them being locked in a room, they are doing everything they can to self-protect, right? They have a real fear and they have taken real action to do whatever they think they need to do to protect themselves. And I love that literally he shows up in the midst of that circumstance and says, peace be with you. And then he shows them the evidence of what has been done for them and they rejoice when they see him. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just loved that. And there are so many other beautiful passages in that day, but especially now when we are sort of, you know, hopefully not all just hiding in fear, but we are removed and we are doing these things for protection that I think are good things to be doing. I just love that he shows up in the midst of that. Yeah. He's right there with them. Yes. I love that. That's like the most attractive thing. Like, let's say I did not believe in Jesus, but to see a group of people from the outside who are in these scary circumstances, but who are peaceful. It's like, it doesn't go together. It only goes together through the spirit because he's the only one who brings true peace. Jesus is the Prince of peace. You know, I used to read about peace and read condemnation into it because I think, well, I struggle so much to have peace. So I must be failing. So God must not be happy with me because I was again in that like earn it mentality. Like I must be peaceful. So he will love me. Yeah. But then when I realized I am loved and he gives this as a gift to me, then I've been able to, you know, like when you're busy studying his word and worshiping him, it's harder to be scared of the world. So I do get to experience not every time I go through a hard thing, but I get to experience peace because, you know, the disciples were standing in a room with him. So of course they're going to be like, Oh, I don't have to be afraid. God is right here. I'm touching his hands. Mm -hmm. He's here. And so we can have that because we have the Holy Spirit. If we are with him, then the world will look at us and be like, why is that person not freaking out right now? You know, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. Whenever I read about peace in the Bible, I think about my grandma, she's 86 and her praying is like, pray mm. with an old person because yes. it's the best. 
like if you haven't prayed with an old person (sighs) recently and i understand that nobody gets to be with anybody recently but get with an old person and pray yep for real for real she's been a believer since she was 10 years old and she is 86 and we stood this was back when holding hands was a thing children (laughs) of the future (laughs) once upon a time people held hands when they prayed we were holding hands in our living room. What are holy kisses even going to be oh like? My, oh, goodness. goodness. So much to unpack. <laughs> I know. So much to unpack. Um, we were standing there in my grandma Marlene's room, and we're all holding hands, and we're all praying. And then it gets to her, and her prayer touched me so much because she prayed. She said, Lord, I pray that we would have joy and peace because that's our testimony. And coming from her, she doesn't leave the house hardly ever. She sees the mailman sometimes. You know, my mom brings her the groceries, and her prayer is... Give me joy and peace when wow. I see the mailman, when I go to the doctor's office. Wow. And I was just like, wow, it gives me chills just to reflect on it. That's our testimony. That's our testimony. And it's not something that we should read. We shouldn't read this thing. We shouldn't read John 20 and say, okay, so I need to stand in a room with Jesus and then I need to make the peace happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just need to sit at the feet of Jesus and he will give us the peace because he loves us. Yep. And then the world will be like, oh, wow, that person was peaceful, even though the world's falling apart. And this peace theme is everywhere. I mean, it's interesting because we have this day of like, I will give you peace and rest. But every day this week, there is a theme of peace. Like even on day eight, where, you know, it's about forgiving sins, it ends with like, now go in peace. And, you know, today we'll talk about it. But like, every one of these days, there's this theme that when you have the promises of God, when you have these promises from the Son of God, there is peace. And Jessica, you were saying, you know, like your passage that you read from John 20 is obviously like post-resurrection, but before that, <laughs> he says it similarly. Jesus says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. And this is so close to that conversation of truth adjacent and that like believing these lies because they're comforting versus knowing what's actually true and finding true peace. Like Scarlett, you said, yeah, I had these things told to me, but I wasn't a peaceful child. You know, I do not give as the world gives. Like, don't be troubled. Don't be fearful. I give you peace. I was also really moved by that passage in the saved day from Philippians. Uh, it's 4-7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love that. And what I love about that is the peace that God gives us is beyond anything we can understand. Yes. It's beyond our rational minds. I know that I fall into the trap of sometimes believing the lie that if I can just know enough, plan far enough ahead and execute, then I can protect myself from everything. You know, if I read all the right parenting books, I can guarantee that my toddler will never throw a fit. Spoiler alert, didn't work. I tried it. (laughs) I think I fall into that lie. And so I love seeing this because it's this thing of even if your circumstances aren't making sense or they should be terrifying to you because of what the world shows you, you can still be given this peace that surpasses your understanding of what peace is. And it's so interesting to see that word understanding again, because we just talked about in Ephesians 1, the grace he richly pours out to us with all wisdom and understanding. And then he says to us, I'm going to give you peace that surpasses understanding. So he's comparing his understanding with our understanding. And his understanding, of course, is greater. He does not give to us as the world gives. But what we're seeing is that like, he pours grace out to us with full understanding of everything. And then he gives us peace, which surpasses all of our understanding. There's such a difference there. I just, God is so good and he's so big and he does not give as the world gives. The interesting thing that first struck me about day 10, the promise is 
I will give you abundant and eternal life. And most of the scriptures on this day actually cover the topic of eternal life. But it struck me, I think because I was thinking about promises, and I was thinking about that promise of abundant life and how there is no human that can promise that to another human. Like it made me think somehow my mind went straight to marriage vows. And like even in like a marriage vow, you cannot promise abundant life to your spouse. There's no way that I can promise that to you, Jessica. You come to work at Sherry's Truth, I'll give you an abundant <laughs> life. Like you just can't do that. Like there is only one who can promise that. And so the fact that he does promise that to us in John 10, 10, that's where we see it. Not only eternal life, but abundant life because eternal life starts now. Like, yes, there is like life after death and that we will be with God. And we have all these promises of what it will be like when God dwells with man. But eternal life, if we are in Christ, starts right now. Actually, let's read John 10. The passage that we have for day 10 is actually John 10, 7 through 10. Scarlett, will you read it for us? I'd love to read it. Jesus said again, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. It's just so good. It's just so good. I love that last line so much because I love being reminded that suffering, sorrow, death, loss, destruction, that is not the final word. They don't win. And it just makes me want to draw praise hands in the margins of my Bible and sing a song and sing the doxology and do all the things because it's just, there's so much comfort and goodness in that reminder that those things are not the last word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that you guys, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, my thing was very spiritual. My thing was, it's very difficult to draw praise hands, it turns out. I've tried (laughs) and they're never good looking. Hands are hard to draw, even emoji hands. So I just go with the exclamation point because I can't draw a praise hand, but I'm looking for it in your Bible now. (laughs) Amanda Bible. I told you it was spiritual. Yeah. Amanda Bible Williams is the expert praise hand drawer. It's true. I've seen her do it. That's so good. I want to see that. I was just going to say that I love that you guys put abundant life with eternal life because again, that is, they go together and it's not about our circumstances. We're going to go through hard things, but we can live abundantly no matter what's happening to us. And that's such an amazing, like you said, Rachel, like there's no thing in this world that can make a person have a good life, (laughs) you know, there's not, Mm -hmm. but Jesus can. Yeah. So my early years of being a Christian, I was just looking forward to this eternal life and feeling ashamed that I didn't have the abundant life rather than enjoying the Lord. And it's the best. And so I love that you put those together because I think it's easy, especially for a believer who maybe who's listening to this podcast. I don't know. Maybe you're someone who just cracked open a Bible for the first time, you know, and you're looking at these promises and you're thinking, okay, so maybe I can have hope about these really horrible things I'm going through that someday they'll be over and he'll wipe every tear from every eye. But what about right now? (laughs) You know? Mm. And so what a beautiful, amazing promise to cling to that even right now during the coronavirus, you know, our people are losing their jobs. Our people are in the hospital. Not that those things weren't happening before, but now everyone it is touching yeah. everyone. Yeah. I think that's so crazy because it's like, it's so easy for me to get distracted in my little bubble. And if I'm not suffering and my people aren't suffering, then I can forget about suffering. Yeah. But nobody can forget about suffering right now. We're going to suffer. We are suffering, but we can still have abundant life if we're resting in the promise that Jesus is with us today and we get to be with him forever. Yeah. So thank you for putting those together. Well, it's interesting because we've been preparing for this Ecclesiastes 
reading plan that's coming. Is that coming right after Promises, mm-hmm. Jessica? It is. But we've been preparing for this like very existential book, like not a light read. It's like Solomon's record of all of his like everything in life is meaningless. Like everything is futile. Like he's finding that like, as he takes account of everything he has in life and realizes that everything withers, everything passes and unravels. And it's this moment that we've been all facing in our own way of just going like, oh, like there's not really a lot that's sure right now. All the things that we even thought were sure are not. And so then for Solomon in Ecclesiastes and for us now to go like, okay, well, we're going to have to find something that's sure. And that's what you write about in your book. That's what Amanda and I wrote in our book. This like in a world that's passing away, we're holding tight to the one permanent thing, these promises. So like even when we're promised that we're going to face trouble, that everything is liable to fall apart, there is something to hold on to. And so that anyway, it makes me excited to get to Ecclesiastes too. I can't wait. It's going to be so great to read that book in community and dive into those different words with our community. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, the timing of it feels good. Okay, so the next day, which is Thursday this week, day 11 in your books, is the one that we've kind of been talking about since the beginning of this episode, this promise you will have suffering in this world. And I remember when we were putting this plan together And the first look I got from the editorial team at the list, like the, here's what we're thinking. And I remember reading down the list of week one and week two and going like, oh, I'm really glad this is in here. I'm really glad. Like I had to like gut check and go like, yeah, this book wouldn't belong. Like it wouldn't be complete without this promise because it's followed immediately by the promise of I have overcome the world, which we've talked about, but it feels so right and honest. It feels level. It doesn't feel like this book that you had as a kid, Jessica, that's like, here's all the good things. Don't worry a bit. It's not this vending machine of chapter and verse and you push and get and the right thing comes out and everything's fine. It's like, hey, this isn't going to be easy. And Jesus was first promising that to his disciples, but this promise also is extended to us as followers of Christ. I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, we're all just kind of nodding and looking at each other and just going like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. But the reading in this day that I loved, there's a really long reading from John chapter 16. And the very last section of that is headed Jesus the victor. Starting in verse 25, he says, I have spoken these things to you in figures of speech. A time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. On that day, you will ask in my name, and I'm not telling you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, look, now you're speaking plainly and not using any figurative language. Now we know that you know everything and don't need anyone to question you. By this, we believe that you came from God. Jesus responded to them, Do you now believe? Indeed, an hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Do you believe this is true? Yes. Yes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. (laughs) And that's why we read in context. 
it's this whole conversation between Jesus and his disciples. And even in it, he's speaking plainly, he's speaking figuratively, and they're going like, no, we get it. And he's like, you just don't, Hmm. but that's okay. There's so much like love and like, there's just so much kindness in how much he is saying to them and even his patience in their understanding and their lack of understanding. It's, it's just a really beautiful passage. This is sort of what Scarlett was saying earlier. Even that reminder of for the father himself loves you. There's just something so beautiful in that reminder. It's one of those things that you never get tired of being reminded of, you yeah. know, that we are loved. I don't know. It's just a really beautiful truth in the midst of all this language of hardness and this beautiful promise from Christ. There's also that reminder to hear you read aloud this promise that Jesus said and these words that he spoke over his disciples. It's just really beautiful. That It's like that piercing through the present conversation. And he's looking at them and going like, not only do I love you, the father himself loves you. He doesn't just tolerate us. The Father himself loves us. It's beautiful. There's just something about that because we talk a lot, and we've talked a lot this episode about Jesus' love for us and the peace that he gives us. But when we read Jesus saying to humans, the Father himself loves you. I mean, we just want to camp out and look at each other. And just nod and, and like, just nod. not pat each other not or touch. hug each other. But what we're not going to do is touch. <laughs> look at each other. Yeah. Okay, we have one more day this week, and hey, it's a marathon, and we're doing great, and I don't want to stop short of the last day. The last day, what is our promise, Scarlett? I will be with you always. I mean, what a promise. Like, hear that listener right now, friend. That's Jesus, and that is, I will be with you always. That's right now, because eternity starts right now. That is for us. And like, when we talk about my peace I give you, And Jessica, like you're saying, it is not one promise or the other. It is this and this and this. I will forgive your sins. I will give you peace and rest. I will give you abundant and eternal life. I have overcome the world. I will be with you always. And so we look at, I mean, first off, the first reading for that day is Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. And it says, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Yeah. The one that popped out to me is First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. The subheading, the comfort of Christ's coming. Like, how much do we need that comfort right now? I wake up every day and I'm like, Jesus, I think you're coming back. But okay, can I read this part <laughs> yeah, and then it. say what I'm thinking? Okay, so this is First Thessalonians 4, starting at verse 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way, Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. I love that that's where it cuts off in this book. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And I was going to say this when we first started the podcast, Rachel, but when we were talking earlier about Amanda and you sitting in the car with her on Easter Sunday yeah, and you're telling her the truth from scripture about God, I can't help but think about my first introduction to you, which was doing your Bible study, open yeah. your Bible. And I won't go into detail of your story, but that first story you told about when you had a group of women who were reading the Bible to you because you were in such a moment of pain. You Mm -hmm. didn't feel like you could do it for yourself. And how beautiful that you're not only doing that for your friend, but we're sitting here with microphones and we are reading God's word to 
all of us women who are like, what is happening? Yeah. (laughs) We need the comfort of Christ coming. We need the hope of abundant life today. Like we talked about a minute ago, but we also need to remember this crazy thing. We believe Mm -hmm. that we're going to meet up with him in the air and we can encourage one another with these words because they're true because they're true words. They're promises. They're all that matters in the world. And I just think it's, I just love you guys. I love that you're doing this. Thankful to be in this room. I just, I love what you said because I was thinking about this earlier, you know, we've sort of been like nervously joking about the strangeness of social distancing and I'm going to get teary too. I love what you said because every person listening to this, every one of us in this room has something going on, some kind of struggle, some kind of fear or whatever. They have a circumstance that we don't know, right? We don't know where you were at listeners. I'll dress you, which is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah, you We don't know where you listeners are They're right awesome. now as you're listening. We don't know what news you just heard. We don't know what news you're going to get in a few minutes. We don't know any of that and how these words are hitting you as we speak. But the beautiful thing is that Christ does. And so for us to be able to read the word and it be so true and know that God is with you, if you're a believer, like he is with you in that, even though we here in this room don't know, we are united in that as believers. And just what you said, it's just beautiful that we can remind each other in this room and everyone listening of what is true, even though we don't know all the details, God knows them. And in knowing every detail of your specific circumstance, this promise is still true. Every promise we've read today is still true for every believer listening. And it's beautiful and just so encouraging. Yeah. And it's so sweet that, you know, encourage one another with these words. Like, yeah, who knows what to say to someone who's suffering? I right. don't, yeah. I don't have the words like, wow, that sounds horrible. What do you say? God knows what to say. And his words are alive <laughs> and he's in them. And it's good to hear those commandments. Like we're talking about promises right now, but they're also commandments. And Paul says, encourage one another with these words. And the words are, and so we will always be with the Lord. And even before that, in that last day's reading, I mean, Matthew 28 says from Jesus, this is Jesus saying, and remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have these promises, and not only do we go to God's Word to remind ourselves of what is true, but there is a charge to remind and encourage each other with these words. And so it is right and good to go to the Word, be encouraged, but when we remind each other and encourage each other with these words and to look each other in the eye and go, do you believe this is true? Say it, like proclaim it, declare it, own it. Like it is for you. And so when I look at y'all or when you guys are listening and I say that he is with us always to the end of the age, that eternity is now and he is with us. He is Emmanuel. Do you believe that is true? You can nod or you can shout like, yes, like that is true. Or you can cry. Or you can just <laughs> fall apart. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I, I think about, I mean, I'm quarantined at home with my family. There's a mom and a dad and two kids. And here we are. And there's also two dogs, which is really not great because one's a puppy and we're potty training. But I can't help but think about like the girls on our team at She Reads Truth, Jessica, who are single and who are at home alone. And yeah, it's been weird and not always my favorite to be quarantined at home for months with my family, but there are people, there are people listening who have been quarantined at home alone. And I think of my extrovert friends who have been quarantined at home alone. And there is actual comfort in hearing, I'll be with you always. I am God with us, not just on Christmas morning, but today during quarantine, wherever you are, however pain you're feeling, like these are promises and we can bank on them. And so when we are in the middle of the darkest 
day of our lives and we look at each other and go, this is the true thing. Do you believe it? You have to nod and go, yes, I do. Or say, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Help me with my unbelief. And one of the things that I told Amanda that morning, she said, I don't feel like it, but I believe it. And that's okay too. Because it doesn't matter what we feel. It matters what is true and what we believe. It's good. Hey, we accomplished the whole week, which is a feat. And I'm really proud of us because that doesn't always happen on a podcast episode. We don't always get through the whole week, but we did, which I'm glad because there's no promise worth skipping. So I'm glad. Thank you guys both. I mean, it's just been, A of all, just great to be with humans. And (laughs) But to get to like gush over God's word together has been really, really good for me today. And I hope that has been for you guys too. Before we end... We wrap usually with beauty, goodness, and truth because you know that we start our episodes by opening up God's word and finding beauty, goodness, and truth there. But we also find it in our lives and we're called to like name it and like talk about it and give thanks for it. So where are you guys, Scarlett, Jessica, where are you seeing beauty, goodness, and truth in your lives right now in this weird world of 2020? Yeah. I mean... I thought about it. I have an answer, but it's not deep at all. That's okay. <laughs> mine mine is rarely deep. I mean, I feel like you're going to have a deep one today though, Rachel, but that's good. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> I, I sense it. <laughs> so I've listened to this podcast. I know they're not always deep. So I came prepared with a non-deep one. So I ordered this dip nail kit from China. <gasps> you did? Listen. Okay. These are my nails. You guys can't see them. Thank goodness. Yeah. I love having nails. And I kind of got in this rabbit hole of watching videos of people giving themselves dip manicures. I also have been watching videos. I'm obsessed, but they're like sold out everywhere I've looked. I know. I ordered these like a month ago, Rachel. Good job. I still don't have them though. Because here's what I did. I was watching the videos and I was like, that looks like I could do that on YouTube. What is that brand? It's probably, I don't even know if it's a good brand. So I just ordered that one. (laughs) They're like on back order. But I feel pretty confident that I, hopefully if they ever come, I think this week that I might be able to accomplish it. So I'm not even really into the goodness part of it yet, but I'm anticipating the goodness. I wouldn't call it truth. The truth is right now. I'm very thankful to to be talking about God's word. And I have hope that I might have pretty fingernails soon, hopefully. I'm so curious to hear how this goes. Genuinely, if it's a win, we'll link it in the show notes. Okay. Shereetruth.com slash splash podcast. Oh, please leave that I wish it was splash. (laughs) It's not. But yeah, we'll leave that in for sure. Jessica, what you got? Mine is just goodness. So my husband and I moved here from Colorado a few years ago for my job at She Reads Truth, which has been incredible. And in Colorado, we purchased backyard chickens. Now, I was resistant to the idea because I had a baby and I didn't want to deal with the chickens. So our deal was the only thing I have to do with the chickens is eat the eggs. Great. (laughs) We moved to Tennessee with our chickens How do you move with chickens? How does that go? Logistically. Like, do they sit in seatbelts? Well, they were in... Now I'm worried this is like a... Animal rights issue? No, no, keep going. We're recording. Keep rolling. Great, great. Taylor's father came to Colorado so that he could drive our chickens. We got a large dog crate and put them in his... That's okay. I mean, you think about horses on the roads and cows, like they're in like huge dog crates. Yes, I hope it's okay. It's It's fine. fine. They survived and seemed really happy and had... They're thriving. Lots of green space. Some of them are. Well, those chickens are not. They're not, actually. (laughs) I remember what happened. Yes. So those chickens... Nature happened to them. Yes. Nature happened to those chickens. We moved here. Taylor built them an enclosure in our yards. They had space to explore. And the weekend he built that enclosure, a raccoon got our chickens. Nature. Nature, which I know has happened to many of us with backyard chickens. But Taylor said we should get more chickens. I was hesitant. 
I wanted to make sure we were still on the same page with the agreement. <laughs> All I have to do with the chickens is the eggs. Great. We agreed again, got new chickens. So now we're on our second round of chickens. And this is the goodness of it. During these strange times, we have an excess of eggs. Yeah. And these chickens are thriving. We are getting six to 10 eggs a day, which wow. is more than my family wow. of four can eat. And so the goodness, and you know what? I'll say beauty mm-hmm. in this season is that whenever anyone reaches out to me and is having a hard time, I cannot do much, but I can say, do you want some eggs? Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I leave you some eggs? Can I have a carton of eggs on my doorstep for you to come pick up? And so I've been so grateful that we have stuck with this chicken raising. That's so great. Because there are eggs to share. At some point, it might become a bartering chip for toilet paper. I've used it to barter for tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm not deep either. Guys, it's been such a good episode. I like We've gone deep, and now we're Plenty coming up to the surface of <laughs> the pond. Nope. Pool. Yeah, the, the surface of whatever. <laughs> Actually, I think last week my thing was about water too, but here we go again. I really like crushed ice right now. Our whole family is very obsessed mm-hmm. with it. We have a little pellet ice maker. We bought it during quarantine because we were like, we're spending a lot of time at home and we can't produce ice fast enough. <laughs> but we have these little cups, little plastic cups, and we just like, it feels a little bit like we're at a fancy party because you can like put a little Sprite over them or whatever. But even just the little cups of ice. This is such a boring content. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's great. No, but we are just super obsessed with crushed ice right now. And it is such a like, you'll just find cups of melted ice all over the house. But like when we need a snack, it is crushed ice right now. And it's just such a crunchy, happy time. I love that. It's crunchy, such a crunchy, happy, happy, time. happy time. Yes. It's a, it's a real <laughs> twist on your normal food. Yeah. It's not very like, it's not like Epicurean. But it's yeah. still great. But yeah, it's still ice. food related. So whatever. Yeah. Hey, that's our episode. Boy, I loved this. Sarah, I hope you will come back. Like that was so fun. I knew I wanted you for this episode and I'm so glad you came and socially distanced with us. Thank She's you. Best. Thank you so much for having me. And Jessica, thank you for pinch hitting for Amanda. You were just like such a joy to have. Thank Amanda's going to have to earn her way back in. That's not true, Amanda. <laughs> You're welcome back. We love you. We love you. We miss you. So we will be back next week with our third in the series of the Promises of God study. We're going to talk about kingdom promises. Super looking forward to that. And then, of course, the following week, we're going to jump into the book of Ecclesiastes, which feels right on time. My goodness. But until next week, Scarlett, what do we say? Keep opening your Bibles. Keep opening your Bibles.